created live on Fireside. here at the C2E Commit to Excellence Conference right here in Boston, Massachusetts. I'm with Sam, and Sam comes to us from National Community College. Sam is one of our wonderful student leaders, and uh, we are uh, thrilled to be here. We have had such great conversations. I am going to be editing the hell out of all of these and uh, <laughs> making sure that they are shared far and wide. So, Sam, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, what, do you, what is your major up at National Community College? So, I'm currently an English major, okay. but uh, with the inspiration of finding purpose here, I think that's going to change when okay. I get back. Oh, that's like a big, that's like big news. It is. Okay. Yeah, it and is. it's news to me. Okay. And, and, and so, what do you, what do you, tell me more. I need more information. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm doing right now what I'm good at. Okay. I'm doing what everyone tells me I'm good at. Mm -hmm. um, but I need to make sure I'm doing what's in my heart. Yeah. And finding that middle ground, you know, something yeah. that lets me do what I'm good at and use those strengths. Yeah. Yeah. So you feel like, heart. so you think that being an English major was what you were, what you are good at. Yeah. And not what is maybe fueling your passion. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, what, so what year are you at? at I am in my second year. Your second at the college, year. Okay. Uh, natural community. And then, what are your plans at? Are you going to finish uh, in associates? What are you going to do? Yeah. And so then we're a uh, two-year school. So yeah. I'm looking to finish my associates and uh, utilize our state's granite guarantee path. To go into one of our amazing state schools. Okay, so the the, the state of New Hampshire is now going to oh, yeah. send I'm you a check. Oh yeah, I'm flexing on the state. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, I've uh, I've lived in many states. Okay. But New Hampshire is my love, so okay. I got I got to give them some credit. Okay. So what brought you to New Hampshire? Uh, I was actually a competitive snowboarder. Oh. For five years, nice. I came up there to join Waterville Valley's competitive team. I left from a injury that okay. disqualified me from continuing. All right. Um, but I fell in love with the mountains, mm -hmm. the beauty that surrounds you yeah. and inspires you. New Hampshire's a gorgeous you. state. Oh, yeah. It really is. And of so many people. You know, mm -hmm. we're one of the primary states. Mm -hmm. We're mm -hmm. a place that not everyone agrees, but everyone cares. Yeah. And I think that's the first step. I think a lot of the country needs to look at us yeah. for when it comes to going forward in politics. I love that idea. And I, I've been... I been up in New Hampshire a lot um, from a political standpoint. I do a lot of political volunteering mm -hmm. up there. And uh, I think you're right. I think it's a very different, you know, people say, I don't understand what's going on in this. And I said, you know, people might want to be a little bit more like the live free or die state yeah. of New Hampshire, where people, um, you know, may not agree with everything that their neighbor says, but they can agree on being good people to one another. Yeah. And they're going to talk about it. Yeah. They're not going to avoid it. Yeah, no, they don't. They're going to put the sticker on their truck. Yeah, exactly. They're going to ask you about it in the parking lot. <laughs> exactly. And they're going to say, oh, can we talk about that? I was like, yeah. Let's try to go. yeah. Uh, so, and now what, um, 
you were talking earlier and there were some things that were kind of fueling you and you were talking, uh, I heard you t- talking to, to, uh, Jewel, one of our previous guests about like, you've got this kind of sensitivity kind of vibe about you. Yeah. Uh, what, it, what is that? What is that vibe? Tell yeah. Me. It relates to one, one, one I want to ask you yeah. about. Um, I am in the middle of a changing point in my organization. I'm a vice president for our student senate, but um, I'm also president of our GSA, our Gender and Sexuality Affirmation yep, yep, Club. Yep. Um, and we are reaching a point where we're getting out of COVID. Yeah. And we're going from a social club when people needed that, you mm-hmm. know, they needed um, connection. Yeah. But now we need to get work done. It is time to get work done. (laughs) And no one likes that. And um, so that's led to a lot of, you know, harsh feedback. And as someone who puts my heart into everything I do, um, it's hard to take that feedback and not personalize it and to just take it and fix it. Yeah. So when you're talking about things that need to be done, can you give me an example of a thing? Like I don't need 50 examples. Yeah. yeah, No, Um, we need to get education out. We have a month straight of events now that I'm really excited about, but I've also burnt myself out entirely getting there. Yeah. Um, And Miss Music, who just presented on delegating, I I plan on bringing those skills back a lot, making sure we're all getting yeah. to that goal and I'm not just sitting here crying going yeah. I got it done and now I'm I'm broken <laughs> yeah no you don't want to be broken like yeah. that's one of the things at the end of all of this you want to make sure that you're still feeling like you like what you're doing right okay and there's a piece of that I I think the way you framed it Sam I think it's really important for the folks in your club um and the people who are not just in leadership roles but also uh, you know, people who just like to be with the club, okay, mm-hmm. is that this idea of um, you, you actually have a benefit being at a two-year institution. It's like, we're going to be leaving, some of us, not all of us, are going to be leaving in a few months. Right. And we don't want us leaving and just the club just disintegrates. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And um, so I would definitely recommend that you know, you start to look at this and say, we've been actually been able to grow and become stronger during a time of really difficult uh, circumstances. Um, but our organization and our campus that we that we um, that we serve need more from us. Right. Um, and so we can still build a sense of belonging. We can still have people uh, come to us in terms of uh, being able to say, you know what, they do great programs. They're a place that I can come together. Like, let's say you have a weekly get together and it's like over, you have your weekly coffee connection or whatever, and everybody comes together and it's your vibe and it's how people feel that they connect with the organization. We still have to get shit done. Okay. And so being able to say in order for us to be sustainable as an organization, Mm. we can't be a one trick pony. Right. Okay. We can't just do one thing. You're somebody who put a lot of time and effort into becoming a competitive snowboarder. Okay. It probably took up a lot of your time. (gasps) Yeah. Right. It took up a lot of your energy. It took up a lot of your, like, like what your enthusiasm was. You probably made certain, certain, uh, decisions in your life where you said, you know, I'm going to put that aside. I I could do that another time. I'm going to focus on this. And then an injury required you to stop. Okay. And that's something that for some people is really difficult. Yeah. Okay. And I can tell from your face that it was difficult. Okay. Not just difficult, but I think what I did is 
I made it too easy. What I said yeah. is time to pivot. Yeah. And then I pivoted right into English. I pivoted right into advocacy. And you didn't like, mourn. Right. I yeah. didn't mourn. I didn't consider all the yeah. next options. Yeah. I went into second best and just made that yeah. my best. Right. And so when people don't have this thing, when people don't have that opportunity in their life um, that gave them purpose, that gave them structure, because that's another thing that the competitive snowboarding did for you. It took away the structure. Okay. Yeah. You don't want to see that happen again with something that you've helped to build. You want to be able to say, I'm going to be able to leave this to somebody who is then going to be able to take it and make it their own, but it's going to continue to grow and build and be sustainable. And that is actually, I would tap in as a leader to legacy. So when you're looking at your at the people in your club and say, I'm not trying to give you more work to do. I am what we are trying to do here is create a legacy so that there are people who come in to National Community College in not just next year, but the following decades, who have a sense of belonging, a sense of connection, a sense of what's going on, but we're also providing a service to the community. We we have a very specific um, mission. We want to make sure that this is a safe place for the people who are part of our organization and part of our, our, our reach. Um, we want to educate people and we want to make this our own, but yeah. we can't just, you know, expect that the next year, why make people have to start from nothing? Yeah. I would ask you with that, like, you know, longevity, mm. um, what is your advice on prioritizing? Because we have done an amazing job of getting everything done. Right. Um, but we can't sustain it and uh, sustaining is where it's at. Uh, yeah. Um, and I, I, I think it's hard because I really deeply expect uh, authority. Mm. I expect, I respect the work our administrators are doing, but then we've got this department saying, oh my gosh, give us more education on this. And this department saying, oh, make this fun event. And I say, oh, I can't disappoint the teachers. Yeah. I can't yeah. disappoint our vice president. I yeah. can't, yeah. we got to do it all. Yeah. Well, I think that it's when you're com like, I would say as a, a kind of a tactical piece of advice, I would say, sit down and say, who has asked you to do something in the last five months? Okay. Write it all down. Okay. Say, I've been asked by this department to do this educational opportunity. I've had this one ask me to do something fun. I've had this one to do this. Okay. And be able to sit down with whoever your advisor is. Okay. And maybe even if your advisor is, is your advisor report to the division of student affairs? Yes. Okay. Yes. And we're luckily a small school. Mm -hmm. So if anything, it's usually our advisor, our director of student life, and myself okay, all sitting great. together. I get that direct so connection. So that's what I would do is sit down with that person, with those like this like three-legged stool, you, your advisor, and the director. Sit down and say, I'm being asked to do this. I'm now conscious of the fact that I am being asked to prioritize, and I don't feel comfortable saying no to certain departments, okay, or to certain people. Can you help me? not only prioritize, but also can you be my accomplice in coming back to a member of the community and say, we want to do this, but we need this from you to help us. Right. Okay. Yeah. We want to be able to, to not only be this, and one of the, one of the structural limitations of a two-year institution is there's such a high turnover of students 
Mm -hmm. And once you get the momentum going, it's like another group's coming in, another group's <laughs> yeah. coming in, another Very group's quick. coming in. Even by semester. Right. It, yeah. And it's absolutely that way. And so with you going in and actually talking to your advisor and to the people around you to be able to say, I have some things. I have now, I went to this conference and now I'm illuminated. Okay. Oh, yeah. And, definitely. And now you're in trouble because now I have some ideas. I want your job to be not easier in the future but I want you to not have to start from scratch every time. Okay. Mm. So my daughter who I've talked about a few times on this, she, she's a glass blower. Okay. Oh, wow. And so she's taken a bunch of workshops and she's learned her way through like understanding how to, how it's all worked, but she hasn't been able to, because of her schedule, cause she's a busy, you know, kids are busy. Um, she's a, she swims and she, you know, she's got stuff in her life. Um, we haven't been able to have her take a six week, once a week, three hour a week uh, course that would allow for her to just go to the hot shop and do it herself. Oh, okay. Okay. So she always has to have another person with her. Okay. And I was like, this is getting frustrating. I want her to keep liking this, but I don't want to have to have her go through these workshops all the time where someone's repeating for the first 25 minutes, all the safety stuff, right? She knows the safety stuff. She knows what's going on. And finally, uh, within the last couple months, uh, someone from one of the hot shops says, we know your daughter. She knows how to do this. We can't say we are going to get rid of the safety protocols in order for her to do this herself. She has to be able to take a safety test, right? But let's fast track it. Because we know she's taken this many classes and this many workshops and had this much time. Okay. My point of this is that what you can do is be that voice of reason to your, to your advisor, to their supervisor to say, I think I have an idea. And this actually may be able to be replicated for other clubs and organizations. If we're able to find our way into a space where we are creating an almost self kind of propagating organization that every year we have certain things we do that are standard programs. And I shouldn't, I hate the word standard because it sounds right, really boring, right. but these like are, are, um, are, well, the basis. Yeah, right, exactly. That can be enhanced or changed by anyone, Ex but you have to have that. Yeah, base. exactly. They can look different every year, but we every year commit ourselves. So it's almost like the commitments that you do every year. You say every year we commit ourselves to do a month of programming around this because this is a specific month of the year because every month of the year has some, it's dog day. Great. Okay, great. <laughs> every year has, every, every month, every day has something aligned with it. Um <clears throat> But we do that and we make it, uh, and each year it's going to be a little different because the issues that our students are facing are going to change. Right. Right. But we want to be able to cre create an infrastructure so that when the next group comes in, they don't have to start from scratch. Okay. The other thing I want to talk to you about is that we have had calls from faculty about coming in and doing training or coming in and doing talks. How do we position ourselves so that our students, maybe this is a way to, to um, differentiate what students do in the club. Yeah. You have your programmers, you have your educators, and you have your operators. I really like you saying, you know, um, asking them for help back. Yeah. Because I think especially being a minority group, 
that often faces oppression, a lot of people are quick to put it, the work back on us. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you want change? You yeah. want to yeah. affect the school? You want us to accommodate you? Then you do you the legwork. Like yeah. But, you know, I don't think they always appreciate that what we're doing isn't just affecting our community. Mm. It's benefiting the whole community. And I think asking them for help back, showing them how they can be part of the process would be really key yeah. in, you know, making them involved, helping them understand yes you have a good idea you know i do we do want we agree we need this education yep yeah yep. but i think when people do the work they get invested yeah. too so i i really appreciate that advice of yeah. bringing them in yeah and i think that the more you bring them in and have them almost stand in your shoes for a bit the better off you're going to be because you're going to be able to say to them you know because they've probably been at the institution a long time right um and they may have lost I'm not going to say perspective, but th that, but they may make, may, may be making some assumptions about what are you being tasked to do and what are you being required to do? Um, and you wish that there could be, um, they be a little more enlightened as to what is actually happening. Yeah. Um, it's called managing up. Okay. And it's true. I like it's that like, term. It's, it's I want to hear more it, about it's it. It's a real term and it's a real thing. And you could even walk in the office and say, <clears throat> I am now going to manage up. Okay. And they're going to go, oh. they say, I'm going to manage up because I need, I need some help. Um, I think we've got a great organization. I think we're in a super spot in terms of what we want to accomplish. Um, but we have a limited window. I am leaving here in May. Yeah. Let's make sure we're ready. And you pull from them for that. Yeah, I right. like that. I do. Yeah. Right. Managing up. I'm yes. taking notes yes. of that. You want to manage up. You want to manage up. Anything else I can help you with today, Sam? You know, I have enjoyed this whole conference, and I think the thing I've enjoyed about it most is how many people it's pulled together. Yeah. How many people came here? I mean, yeah. California. Yeah, I know. People all over the place. Yeah. yeah. And I respect People from Germany so come. Which and, that kind of blew me away. And I, I believe you've been a repeated speaker here. Yeah, Is that understanding? Yeah, yeah. How do you guys pull people in like that? How do you get so diversity? How do you yeah. get that reach? Well, I think that this is all I, the one person I haven't had on the podcast is Nancy, who actually was the brainchild behind this. And one of the things that I say to people all the time, and Nancy is almost like an embodiment of this is you're, you need to nurture your network. Um, you are really only as good as the people who you surround yourself with. Okay. And, um, when I talk about nurturing your network, um, it is about, you know, people always talk about mentors and this, and everything. like those things are great. Okay. But you have to be able to say like, when you go to a conference or you go and you meet somebody at another school or you find somebody like some of the speakers who are brand new to this conference, Nancy heard about them through somebody and she literally cold called them and said, I've heard really good things about you. I want to talk to you. Okay. The other thing is when you have good product, which Nancy does, and when you look at the other faculty who are here who have excellent product as well, the proof is in the pudding. So if you say, I am pulling together this uh, pool of presenters, this pool of faculty, and you say to the people in your network, come to Boston, spend some time here, but these are the people we're going to hear from. Oh, 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 great. I'm going to definitely do this. 
Okay. Right. And it is really about the product that you're able to put out there, you know, and it's that consistency. It's just like anything else. Like there's certain places that you would rather go get your hair cut or go buy a burger or, you know, you're like, this is a consistent place. Right. right. And there is a place that you go to get things and you say that's about service. It's about consistency. It's about quality and all that kind of thing. It's the same thing with this. The other thing that I think Nancy is very good at is that not only is she going to bring the best people to the table in terms of who can do the presentations, but she pays a lot of attention to what is their content and what is their, their positionality in terms of their voice. Mm -hmm. And, um, she wants to make sure that the variety of people, like that's the other thing. I hope you've keyed in on, we're all very different. We all may have a love of speaking and leadership and teaching and education and all that in young people and being able right. to, you know, hopefully help people develop their way um, into their next phase of life. But we all do it our own way. You do. I, I think that's one more thing I definitely want to ask you, you know, I'm not funny. <laughs> I'm not energetic like Michael. Oh, I'm a very serious person. You probably yeah. see yeah, my yeah, stark yeah, face yeah. here. Yeah. And I'm listening to every word you're saying. Yeah. How do you keep people engaged in oh, those yeah. times when you're not, if when you're someone so serious? I go into meetings and I've watched, you know, you know that moment when yeah. the caring leaves their mm -hmm. eyes and they're ready to be done. Yeah. And I've seen so many different strategies yeah. this weekend. And I guess I want to know one, like, what are some of those yeah. strategies you've seen as well? But also, how do you find your strategy? Yeah, I, I think it takes some time to like kind of decide what it is that you're going to do and get good at it. I will say this, though, is that probably the most important thing that I try to talk to people about, and, and I'm actually doing a, a full day workshop for young, uh, for young to the field professionals in January uh, on professionalism, uh, because they've they were brought into jobs in the Zoom room. <laughs> so they're having a tough time, like having three-dimensional conversations with people and actually running things properly. Right. And it's that kind of stuff. It's like, I don't know how to run a meeting. I'm like, I could be 28 years old and not know how to run a meeting. Well, they don't. And I know people are 58 years old and don't know how to run a meeting. Okay. Um, I think my most important thing is that you, it is always best for people running the meeting to make sure that people coming in know why the meeting's happening how long it's going to take, and here's the agenda. Let them see it up front. And I actually had a specific way of doing the agenda where it was like, here's the things that we have to discuss. Here are housekeeping items, and here are announcements. And so discussion are things that we have to actually talk about. It's like, how are we going to do this program? Or, okay, we were supposed to have the program at this room, but now we have to choose between these other three rooms because that room's no longer online. Right, what are we right. going to do? Discuss, discuss, discuss. And then the housekeeping items are those things of like you're planning ahead. So housekeeping being like, okay, just want to make sure we're all understanding is that we have to put in our budget for next year. Our treasurer, you are on top of it. Great. You're going to start hearing from so-and-so about the budget. Another thing that's going to be happening is this, this, and this. So these housekeeping items are not necessarily things to discuss, but it's more than just an announcement. Discussion. Right. It's not just okay. an, right. It's I, like it's that like, differentiating. That's yeah. important. Yeah. Because we definitely do. Right. Lump and, those and together. Say that, you know, being able to say very clearly, you know, you know, Sydney here is in charge of the budget. You're going to all hear from Sydney. Sydney, is there anything you want people to know? Yes. Here's the budgetary process. I'm handing this out right now. 
We are going to make appointments for all of us. I don't want to spend a lot of time in the meeting, but that also means that the person understands this is not a discussion. This is about this housekeeping. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then the last piece about announcements are like, this is a deadline. This is a thing. And you're not even talking about it. It's just like, it's on the agenda. Right. And you just say, does anyone have any questions about any announcements, any of the announcements? Nope. Great. Meeting over. And the other thing I would say is that anytime you can change who's talking, the better. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I definitely, I, because I'm not a big public speaker. Yeah, yeah. So I always try and get my officers to speak. Yes. And I would say I might be on the opposite side of that yeah. scale. I think I need to learn to you be okay to with be, being, being the one talking, yeah. being the one in charge. And every single speaker, like you said, there's a lot of different types. Yeah. You guys say, uh, and uh, and mm. you're my heroes for mm. that. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't care. No. I didn't care that you didn't follow the rules of how to do your speech. No. And how many times you said, uh, because... We talked about it the first night, authenticity. Mm -hmm. I saw who you were, yeah. and I want to reflect that because I sit up there and I say, how many times am I using fillers? Yeah, no, how am I going to that. properly use the right vocabulary yeah. to yeah. express this? Yeah. But forgetting that and just you know following the example, uh, who cares? Because I'm still getting my point across. When I do public speaking workshops, I say to people, don't. Once you start counting how many ums and ahs, you're just going to go down this rabbit hole of ums and ahs. Um, I'd rather have you... Have a, a a thing of water next to you, and if you feel like you are going down some kind of road of you're not able to, to start stringing your words together properly, take a sip of water. Yeah. And no one's people are gonna think you're just thirsty, right? <laughs> it is not that they don't realize is that you're saying, okay, I'm I'm taking a minute to kind of center myself again, so that I'm slowing myself down and I'm able to get it done. Yeah, that makes I sense. Like that. I like that. Yeah. Well, this has been great, Sam. Thank you so much. Before I go, yeah. You know, we talked attitude of gratitude. Yeah. I, while I'm in this public space, want to say a big thank you to our advisor, Amy Vazifdar. Awesome. We talked about big the beginning shout out of this. For Amy. Yeah. Um, about how I'm sensitive. We are very similar people. Yeah. And we take everything on. Who who else do you know here that's told you? Oh, I talked to my director of student life. Yeah. She's here with us this that's weekend. Awesome. That's awesome. She. If you have a problem, everyone knows you can go to Amy, and I'm so grateful that we have someone so involved and caring about our I, club. I love how many students have come on and, and given a shout out to their advisor <laughs> or a mentor or something like that. That matters, and I think that it really speaks to this idea that that what folks in the space do matters so much in terms of the students experience so i appreciate you appreciating them so thank yeah. you sam so much of course. this is a great way to end and so i want to thank everybody for being here this is our last episode here from the c2e conference this is office hours with dr devoe join us this tuesday for a show we're going to have on uh, Southern Exposure, it's called. And we are actually interviewing a journalist who did a whole story about Southern colleges and how the Northern elites are sending their students to these Southern colleges for maybe a little warmer weather and maybe a little warmer in terms of the culture of the campus. So we're going to find out a little more about that from Prickly, Boston, Massachusetts. Have a great one, everybody, and get out there and learn something. <laughs>